0: Good afternoon, everybody. It's us. It's uh, Wes, Hank, and Andy for the Fandom Power Podcast as we continue our latest review series, The Fan Batch Season 2. We're on a new time right now because, as uh, we said last week, it's a double drop. This week, we get the, the clone conspiracy followed up by uh, episode number eight, Truth and uh, Consequence. So, double drop this week means you get a double drop from us, and we're going to kick it off right now with another installment wait what what is it time of course it's time we gotta uh do another (sighs) i struggled this week i really did but here we go let's try this oh you know what (laughs) i struggled so much i didn't even turn the fader up let's try that again one more time one more time as we go for another installment of bad star wars jokes there we go um hey guys did you know chuck norris appeared uncredited in every star wars film and tv production
1: really
2: yeah
0: sounds about right as who he played the force
1: (laughs) (laughs) the only role fitting for him
2: my personal favorite of those chuck norris jokes is that chuck norris drives an ice cream truck covered in human skulls
1: Uh, I love that <laughs> i've always been partial to the one uh, behind chuck norris's beard there is no chin only another fist another beard. fist yeah, yeah. Awesome. chuck
0: norris doesn't do push-ups he does world downs you don't google for <laughs> chuck norris
1: he finds you yeah, that's right
0: <laughs> uh, guys uh double episode uh do you want to do you want to do initial impressions for the whole shebang or do you want to just talk about uh clone conspiracy can we can we actually separate them? do you that's a good question do you actually consider them to be two separate episodes are are they one contiguous thing to you? I mean, I try to rewatch stuff
2: the week of anyway to just like make it feel more contiguous yeah um but they very they very much i I could see why they um aired them together because you know of all the episodes that could be aired together they they work as a pair really really well yeah um, I would a, little, a little middle um it's it's very likely that this is like sort of like the mid-season f- not finale but you,
0: you know what i mean like it's I gonna, do like when, when, when block a block
2: of stories and now we're going to we're when a take,
0: network show takes our
2: mid-season break yeah Kind of. And I also understand that they are crunching uh, you know, they probably set out these timelines and then went, Whoa, okay, well, like now we gotta compress it because we're gonna Mando's have it coming. right and we're gonna be well. overlapping Bad Batch with Mando, and then Mando's yeah. gonna be overlapping with Visions. So <laughs> it's gonna get it's it's like and for our, Star
0: Wars. For our little show that we keep professing is not a Star Wars show, we are going to be up to our eyeballs in Star Wars for mm. the foreseeable future. And you know what? I don't consider that a bad thing at all.
1: No, we're in a golden no. age. It's been we're our red and butter for, for the last for couple of
0: years. No, not at all. <laughs> Speaking of content, uh, if you haven't already heard, we've uh, just launched a new show. Uh, we had a, I will call it a trial episode uh, last Tuesday, it's our Random Fandom podcast. That's a show where we get to hang out with you guys and just talk about the entertainment news uh, that popped up during the week whether it's movies, TV, toys, games, celebrities. You name it, we want to talk about it. We want to hear from you guys too. Check out our Facebook. We just added a WhatsApp button. So when we start doing uh, Random Fandom as a regular show, which it will be, it's a call-in show. You can call right you can call in uh, anywhere in the world. And oh, cool. uh, we'll get you on the
1: on the air, so so you can call in and talk nerdy to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Oh, I like nice. that one. Nice. That deserves one of those tape on your glasses. All right, let's uh let's get to the clone conspiracy. What did we think of the clone conspiracy? Best I've... episode so far. <laughs> Definitely episode? pushes
1: everything forward in the galaxy.
2: It I'm sort of push. glad we're getting back back on topic, if you will. Back I mean, I've bigger. really enjoyed everything. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm glad that we're getting back to a sort of centralized, interesting story that is moving the w- world building forward. Not mission of the week. I mean, not that, don't get me wrong. Like, I, d- I do love the mission of the week stuff, but yeah, it, there's sure. going to be, Um, I mean, I would have maybe done 50% more dipping into the big stuff, but I know that the second half of the
0: season is going to blow our minds. I already know that. I would agree. Yeah. I think this is the, like you say, if this was the mid season break, this is the cliffhanger ending and it's about to ratchet up. A few yeah. Seasons, uh, as we go forward. Yes. Unfortunately, it's not, it's a streaming show. So <laughs> I guess I'm sure we're probably in for some kind of ride next week. You know? mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I thought, uh, I thought the episode was, was good. It, it um, man, uh, familiar faces coming back, uh, both uh, in and out of the Senate. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. Um, I also like the twist at the end uh, that really leans into that. Uh, the episode title, um, which I do. I want to. When we get to the end, talk about that. I want to talk about some of the. Uh, did we just have a glitch there? Maybe a little, a little lag glitch. from my end. A little know. lag. All right, all right. There's some stuff I want to talk about at the end of the episode in terms of uh, what the ramifications of the title uh may be that being said you guys ready to get into it and do the breakdown hey, amen all right let's do it all right it is uh, uh star wars the bad batch it uh, is episode uh seven and it is uh, the clone conspiracy it uh aired on wednesday february 8th 2023 this one is written by ezra Nachman now this is ezra's first star wars writing uh credit but you may be familiar with his work if you are a fan of the television series Manifest. I can't say I've seen that. one. Oh, you've not seen it. Okay, so the yeah. first season is is crazy wild. It's in the in the same vein as like Lost, huh. um, which involves an airplane as well. But uh, yeah, so Ezra Knackman, he was the uh, staff uh, staff writer and story editor for uh, 31 episodes of uh, Manifest. Good run. This one's directed by uh, Nathaniel Villanueva. Again, no stranger. We have an advertised runtime this week of uh, 29 minutes or an actual runtime of uh, 2456 without titles or end credits. Mm. Our uh, episode synopsis uh, this week reads A conspiracy begins to unravel. Nice that
2: image there of that uh, logo looks 79s. Looks like- yeah it looks like they're ripping off our
0: random fandom logo (laughs) i was thinking to me it almost looks i'm like what is that is that an nba game what is that Basketball? Mm 79s, 76ers nice all right the episode opens overlooking the coruscant cityscape several venator class star destroyers are hovering over the urban sprawl now that's a, a relatively new development and it comes up uh three or four times this episode
1: and it repeats in the next episode
0: i want to talk about that specifically because i find that in in terms of star wars imagery especially at this time in galactic history is that not something we associate with a military occupation
1: something of a police state yeah
0: we don't see that anywhere else in the history of uh, of coruscant at least not in the the films no it really sets a tone uh, for what it's like on the galactic capital right now. Would it,
2: would it serve that the pop like to almost calm the population of Coruscant in terms of the new regime to have Venators specifically Venators, which They're are here like here
0: to protect
2: us, the mainstay of the clone, tri- yeah. you know, the, the, the Republic military to show this is the exact same thing, guys. It's the exact, you know,
0: I love that contrast because you, you speak from the position of the citizens where we speak, I'm speaking from the position of the viewer, you know, and it's a definite, uh, there, there's you, a you contrast mean there as the viewer, as the it's pres- a documentary, as the- <laughs> right? <laughs> from the outside looking in, it looks no, like exactly, state, exactly. But from
1: the inside looking out with the, you know, proper publicity spin. Yeah, that's a
0: good Absolutely. Thing. It does. Yeah. All right, well, an upper-level nightclub is packed with uh, off-duty clones. It's the 79's Club, a known uh, hotspot that caters to clones. Inside, uh, two clones at the bar speak in whispered voices. One of them, Cade, expresses his worry and concern for their part in the destruction of their homeworld of Camino. He's upset that uh, even the Senate is blind to the lies that have been spun by Vice Admiral Rampart. His friend, Slip, tells him to let it go because there's nothing they can do about it. But Slip argues that he can't. It was their home, and now it's gone. What's more is that he feels personally responsible for the loss of all the people, not just the clones, but the Owens. Slip sighs as he tells his friend that they were just following orders. There's a common through line we've heard a few times. Good soldiers mm. follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. But Cade counters, if that were true, then why is the Admiral trying to cover it all up? Cade then offers an apology, adding that he can't remain silent anymore. Furrowing his brow, Slip asks, what did you do? And Slip tells him outright, oh sorry, Cade tells him outright that uh, he sent a message to Rampart, telling the Admiral that if he won't tell the Senate what really happened at Camino, then he will. Downing his drink, Cade leaves his empty glass on the bar and turns to leave. Slip stares at it for a moment, almost as if he's in shock over what Cage just told him. But then he quickly snaps out of it and goes after him.
1: That's some dangerous thinking there, Bill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice
1: family guy reference. Nice.
0: Our uh, 79s Club. Uh, the 79s Club uh, first appeared uh, in the episode titled Orders. That was the fourth episode of uh, Clone Wars Season 6. The episode was part of the story arc where Five's inhibitor chip uh, malfunctions, and he prematurely tries to carry out Order 66. Mm -hmm. Later on in uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, Rex, Wolf, and Gregor would actually have the 79's logo pasted to the interior of their cockpit of the uh, ATTE that they were living in. And then during the rise of the resistance, the Rodian pilot Hype Falzone had the 79's logo both on his flight suit as well as the nose of his uh, racing ship, the Green Ace. But you never thought we'd get a, another resistance Whoa. reference in these. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wasn't expecting up. that one. Not going to lie. <laughs> but hey, I did watch resistance. Not that I had any re- any recollection of it. <laughs> As the two men walk down the dimly lit side street, Slip catches up with Cade and emphatically reminds him of the inherent danger that he's now in, adding, you know what Rampart's capable of. Slip tells his friend that they're not bad men, but what they did was wrong. His voice is fraught with anguish and he pleads for help, but before he can get the words out, a blaster bolt strikes him from a high angle in the back, knocking him down. Slip draws his pistol, but a quick follow-up shot from their unseen assailant knocks it from his hands. That's a hell of a shot. Yeah, we had to shoot a gun out of somebody's hands. That's serious. Slip, uh, sorry, uh, looking up, Slip spots the attacker. The shooter is several stories up on a balcony of a nearby building. A third shot rings out and people begin to panic while Slip ducks behind a parked speeder bike. Unarmed and pinned down, there's nowhere for him to go. Braving the incoming fire, he darts out to check on Cade. Excuse me. And after a quick pulse check, realizes that uh, Cade is dead. Taking the pistol from the holster of his fallen friend, Slip lets off a couple of rounds in the general direction of the sniper, but they're wildly off. Tucking back in behind the speeder, more of the sniper's shots explode as they hit the other side of the bike. With nowhere to run, Slip reaches up and he activates the speeder then using it like a rolling shield, he pushes it off the edge of the street and leaps into the saddle as both he and the bike fall uncontrollably for several stories. Luckily slip is able to get seated on the bike and uh, twisting the throttle. He pulls it out of a dive and rockets away with the flow of heavy traffic. Um, Super exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. I honestly thought, okay, he's done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Whoever wrote that, uh, presumably, uh, presumably it's our writer, um, Ezra. Uh, Ezra. Ezra. That was uh, very cleverly thought. I very much enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Well, back on the side street, more off-duty clones rush in with their blasters drawn. One of them checks Cade's lifeless body before ordering uh, the rest of them to secure a perimeter from the vantage point of the balcony. The assassin watches for a moment through his sniper scope before pulling back from the edge and leaving. All right, so um, for the second time this episode, we get an exterior shot of the city showing us multiple Star Destroyers hovering over different parts of the city. The imagery that we associate with a military occupation or, as you say, Andy, a police state. Mm -hmm. But hey, it's just the new empire and that's what they're supposed to do. They're there to protect us. Later at the uh, Senate Rotunda, we join a session already in progress. Four pods hover around the Speaker of the House, Masameda, the Senator for the Banking Clan. Uh, Gani Raduli asserts that uh, the cataclysmic storm on Camino was tragic, but without the continued production of new clone soldiers, the Empire is vulnerable. Pointing to Admiral Rampart, who is also present for the session. Radula says that his proposed uh, defense bill would keep the empire protected from his pod. Rampart looks around the rotunda as uh, countless voices begin to murmur. Then the Senator for the commerce guild, a female gossip adds her support to the argument saying that a new conscripted military is what the galaxy needs. Uh, This character is actually unnamed uh, throughout the episode. We don't know who this person is. Hmm just that she uh represents uh, uh the commerce guild interesting how all these splinter groups that were associated with the confederacy got folded back into the uh the empire the banking right. plan and right. the commerce guild
1: well, maybe they were welcomed back in
0: Come i, on back I, in, d- I doubt that yeah. <laughs> i highly doubt that
1: blast your plan <laughs> no, that's yeah, yeah that's more
0: like it yeah yeah right right yeah Fold. that's more like it <laughs> In a very Abraham Lincoln-esque manner, she adds it would be comprised of the people who fight for the people. (laughs) Then the senator for uh, Taris, uh, Tinara Panlow, challenges her colleagues. She reminds them that Admiral Rampart's recruitment bill has been discussed, debated, and tabled in each session for a reason. She argues that there are more pressing galactic matters than the costly creation of a new military. And she adds that the war is over. But Senator Riduli barks that while the war may seem to be over where she comes from, both the mid and outer rims are rife with insurgency and they must be protected. Then Senator Organa reminds everyone that the deployment of the clones, uh, the clone army was a result of the emergency powers act granted to Supreme Chancellor Palpatine during the separatist crisis and to now shift towards a military comprised of galactic citizens swearing loyalty to the empire goes against the principles of the senate itself. The senator for the Commerce Guild disagrees with him, but rather than refute her, Bale addresses the Grand Vizier directly and asks, where does the emperor sit on this issue, since he remains absent from these proceedings? Playing the role that he's done so well for many years, massa Meida tells the Senate that the Emperor, as always, trusts the delegation to act in the best interest of all galactic citizens. Well, then a fifth pod slides into the center, and it's Ryo Chuchi, the senator for Pandora. Sorry, Pandora. Pandora, wow, I just think we just jumped out. We just jumped franchises.
1: Avatar? Mm-hmm. Sorry,
0: the senator for Pandora. She emphatically asks, what about the interests of the clone troopers? adding, why are they not included in this legislation? The senator for the Commerce Guild asserts that, given the clones' accelerated aging, they simply cannot sustain the army, and they should be decommissioned. Angrily, Chuchi blurts out, they're not droids to simply be shut down, they're the soldiers who defended all of them and their worlds. Contemptuously, the Commerce Guild senator snorts at Ryo. I didn't realize you you spoke on behalf of the clones, Senator Chuchi. But Ryo questions, if they don't speak for them, then who will? Continuing, she says, after all they've sacrificed, you now wish to discard them, leave them with nothing? Turning to face the Senate body, she adds, is that how we repay them for their service? And then turning back to Masameda, she snarls, is that what this empire stands for? She argues that they can't argue for the creation of a new military when there is no plan to care for the existing one. Rampart activates his pod and floats out to face his opposition. He tells Senator Chuchi that he hears her concerns, and he tells the Senate body that there are provisions in place to aid the clones as they are phased out. But Ryo is fired up, and she asks the Admiral, what do you know about their needs? Have you asked them, or do they not get a say in their future? Well, now backed into a corner, Admiral Rampart acquiesces and tells her that he is open to discussing any and all provisions that she or the clones might have in mind. He proposes that if they work together, they can address their concerns. Well, with the bill at yet another standstill, Senator Organa motions that until Senator Chuchi has had an opportunity to consult with the clones and Admiral Rampart, the defense recruitment bill should be tabled. Senator Pamlo quickly seconds the motion while Massa Ameda just glares at Admiral Rampart. Um this is a very personal thing for me that they're they're essentially discussing veterans issues in uh, in parliament.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like
0: holy cow this never happens. So very Does that
2: board. make does that make Rampart like the defense minister? Like what the heck is he even doing there?
0: I think it's because he's the one who's proposed the bill, which is interesting. I didn't think that, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how galactic politics work, but you would never see, a, you know, at least in Canada, you would never see an, a military officer propose a, a propose legislation without no. having it backed by, you know, uh, a member of parliament. So and so, here we again, we're going to separate the the viewer
2: from the citizen. Sure, and go. We both know that they are represents, They both represent the same guy, Masamita. and, yeah, and Rampart. They do. Um, is he then? Is he the military senator like <sighs> and why him and not Tarkin
0: well as I was going to say I mean if anybody mm. it should be it should be Tarkin who right, right now is and already so, um, is already addressed as a governor
2: and so the, it, it, it just it, it speaks to maybe the maybe we're like misunderstanding the high level nature of this this relatively young officer here. Yeah. He, yeah he invents the chain codes he you know he's setting policy And he seems to be worried that Palpatine is going to find out that he's setting policy or, you know, he's
0: definitely, uh, he fits the bill for that. Uh, We talked about it in Andor that these actors are are already eking out these little uh, fiefdoms, I guess, maybe their own sort of power plays.
1: True. But it does make sense that he's proposing the bill, seeing as he was the one that was sent to Camino way back in episode one, right? That's right.
0: Season one. Season one. Yeah. It's like, here, you go
1: deal with this and tell us what you need to do.
0: Right. Right. So, well, it's nice to see uh, uh, Senator Chuchi again, but we we have a lot going on uh, in this sequence. By the way, this is that uh, politics thing that, you know, when, when when people say, I don't want to watch Star Wars and politics. Um, I do. I do. I, do. <laughs> I quite liked it. Oh, yeah. So uh, what did I do here? I think I've got these out of order. I do. I've got them out of order. Oh no. Oh, okay. Well, let me just let I, I can close your eyes. everyone. blink. I can fix that. Hang on a second here. Three people blink. One, two, three. Oh, there we go. So uh, Senator uh, Ryo Chuchi, uh, that is uh, actress Jennifer Hale. Now, not only does she play Senator Chuchi, she also voices our commerce guild Senator in this episode. She was also the voice of Ala Sakura uh, in the clone wars. Neat. Now, Senator Chucci first appeared in the episode uh, Trespass. That was the 15th episode of season one uh, of Clone Wars. In that episode, Obi-Wan and Anakin end up in the middle of a territorial dispute between the Pantorans and the Tals. If you don't remember who the Tals are, they're the fuzzy, uh, furry, white alien that appeared in the cantina scene back in A New Hope. Hmm. We have uh, Masamado back for this one. That's uh, actor Steven Stanton, who also plays uh, Tarkin in both Clone Wars and Rebels, and uh, presumably the Bad Batch as well. Um, veteran actor Phil Lamar uh, filling in for Senator Radulie, also back as Bail Organa. Did you guys find him thick on the accent? I did a little thick, I, a little bit, a little I, bit.
2: I, possibly in terms of uh, him reprising his role in obi-wan and and maybe the voice actor realizing oh he he, he is quite sp- spanish he's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, a, he's, a, he's a man yeah. uh also played back in the clone wars uh phil lamar was the voice of uh, orn frita uh, as well as kit fisto love that guy one of my favorite voice actors of all time uh, absolutely yeah. got a like a litany of, of
2: uh, oh man credits. yeah he's prolific
0: all right, and this is kind of cool. So Senator Pamlo, that's uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster. Now, she was first introduced uh, in, um, Rogue One, that is, her, uh, in Rogue One, and that's that's her in Rogue One. And she is voicing her character again here in Star Wars The Bad Batch. If you haven't seen Rogue One and you're wondering where you've seen her, she was uh, Dr. Liet Kynes in the new adaptation of Doom. Um, fantastic film, by the way. Oh, uh, man. Couldn't be happier for it to get the, the second part greenlit. All right. Well, later, after the uh, conclusion of the Senate session, Admiral Rampart and Masameda walk through a hallway of the Senate building with no one in immediate earshot. The Grand Vizier admonishes Rampart when he says that Governor Tarkin assured him that Rampart could get the Senate to support the bill, adding Mm -hmm. that uh, he is not the one that will suffer if it doesn't pass. Well, nonchalantly, Rampart insists the bill will pass. A few senators won't derail their plans. But Massameda doesn't share uh, his appraisal, and he says that they uh-huh. already have been. Because if any of them were to dig into what really happened at Camino, not only would it jeopardize the proposed legislation, but also the admiral himself. You just had a legacy line there. Yeah. <laughs> Casually, Rampart assur- asserts that he has measures in place to ensure that doesn't happen. Dismissively, he says, let Senator Chuchi make her demands for the clones. He says that once she's appeased, the recruitment bill will pass before any of those provisions that she's asking for would come into effect. Satisfied with the answer, for now, the Grand Vizier offers a cautionary to Rampart. For your sake, Admiral, be certain there are no more surprises. Rampart raises an eyebrow at the remark before looking away and scowling. And then the two men continue walking down the hallway.
1: That part kind of bugged me.
0: Which part is that?
1: Just them like shooting the shit in the hallway. Oh, with anybody could walk in really (laughs) talking about, Oh, Hey, you know, if they dig into this, they might find out (laughs) because they do it again in the next episode. But it's like, we know there are like hollow recordings going on at all times
0: it's like mon mothma's apartment
1: yeah exactly <laughs> so like there's got to be a guy in a control room going uh what what did that what, what they did just he say? just say they did yeah really
2: <laughs> it's the belt buckle bill <laughs> they're just talking about belt buckles <laughs> but right. um it really does show you that there is there are levels to this oh this for, stuff. Sure. And, for sure and that, that rampart really Knows in his heart of
0: hearts that he's not very high on the totem, if you will. Uh, No, but he still feels untouchable. He's so this is the thing too. Like, and I, and I don't do, I don't necessarily do voices very well, but I tried to get across. Like when I say that there's a nonchalance in his voice, like, yeah, he is so cool. So yeah, like he just thinks he's so far ahead. Like I really, uh, there were po- points in this uh, over the two episodes where I actually was comparing him to Count Dooku, mm. who just thought he was so far ahead and he really wasn't. Right, yeah. right. Small parallel there, not not huge, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, later on at the uh, 79s Club, Senator chuchi meets with uh, several off-duty clones. A clone sitting at the bar is very angry and he shouts at her, so that's it? We served our purpose and now they want us out. The Senator tries to explain that's why she's there to get a better understanding of their needs. But the angry clone slams his fist down on the bar as he yells, I need to stay a trooper. Can you make that happen? Ryo admits that she can't, but she tries to offer that once a clone has completed their required rotations, but is cut off by a uh, cut off by the off duty trooper who says, yeah, the empire declares is obsolete. We know. And Senator Choochee tries to stay optimistic, saying that she can craft a pension plan. But the clone shouts at her again, a pension plan? And getting up from his seat, he points at the door and he tells her that he'd rather be out fighting the growing number of insurgent groups that keep popping up. Sitting down at the bar, the angry clone turns his back to the senator and goes back to his drink. They keep referring to this guy as Slip. He's not. Not Slip. No. Just angry clone. Yeah, angry clone. That's what I keep calling him. The Senator is no less than uh result is no less resolved to advocate for them. And she shoots back at him. And what happens when you're too old to fight? The angry clone can't even turn his head to look at her, but another clone standing nearby tells Ryo that is isn't a scenario that any of them were trained to think about. Well, she tells them that it's time that they all start to, because like it or not, their military service is coming to an end. And when it does, they'll get to choose what their lives will be. Acknowledging that the men in the room all spent years fighting for her and the other citizens of the Empire, Ryo implores them to let her fight for them. She asks them to tell her how she can help them, and she'll take that to Admiral Rampart so that the new recruitment bill meets their needs. Everyone in the room looks at Ryo and then glances at each other as they consider her words. Then after a moment, the clones gather in around her including the angry guy at the bar who nods approvingly now seemingly ready to talk. All right. The uh, sign on the back of the wall actually uh, translates to uh, 99. Um, And by the way, 99, that's our first defective clone that we were introduced to back in uh, the Clone Wars, who is the namesake of Clone Force 99, the bad batch, the very show that we are watching. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So angry clone, not slip. Guy in the back who's just kind of watching from the corner of his eye. That's slip.
2: Angry clone looks a lot like 70s G.I. Joe. He sure
0: does. He does. (laughs) He sure does.
2: Kung fu grip.
0: That's right. Outside the 79s club, Ryo Cher uh, shakes hands with the angry clone as she thanks him for trusting her and tells him that she'll do what she can. Then the door to the club slides open and a nervous Slip pokes his head out and looks around before tucking himself into the shadowy doorway. He asks the senator if she really is intent on helping clones. She reasserts that they don't have any representation in the Senate and they deserve someone to speak on their behalf. Slip's paranoia is blatantly obvious as he scans high and low looking for threats as he tells Ryo uh, Ryu that it won't matter because Admiral Rampart can't be trusted. When she asks him why not, he tells her that the Admiral has lied to everyone. It was no storm that devastated Camino; It was an attack ordered by the Admiral himself. Stepping into the doorway, doorway with Slip, Ryo asks how he can make such an accusation. He tells her because he was there serving aboard the Admiral's Star Destroyer. He tells her that the Admiral ordered them to fire on the cities. Ryo, who's not convinced of the claim, says that if that were true, the Senate would know about it. Someone would have come forward by now. Slip tells her that Rampart made sure no one could. Anyone that tried to speak up was either transferred, they went missing, or they turned up dead. Senator Chuchi puts her hand on Slip's shoulder as she tells him he doesn't look well. He tells her, uh, he tells her, to check his service record. If she doesn't believe him, then offering his CT number 0409, he backs into the 79's club as he tells Ryo that she seems like a good one and she needs to be careful. Uh, CT 0409. nine. That is a new uh, clone designation, not previously mm-hmm. identified before.
2: And if there's any like order to the situation, that's a
0: early clone. Yeah, you would think, um, we can talk about that a little bit more as we okay. go forward.
1: Sorry, <laughs> yes, if we go back to the season finale of uh, season
0: one, we might actually see him. Oh, you know, bridge. I never even considered again. Though, guy, <clears throat> guy with a beard—only yeah. this guy—they give him a scar. Yeah. That's that's the difference. Yes. Well, one of her guards, uh, one of Chuchi's guards, steps up and he asks if she's all right. Maintaining her composure, she tells the guard that she's fine. Later in the Senate building. Ryo Chuchi stands in front of a large window in her office, staring out over the cityscape. There's those Venators again. One of the guards enters the office, and she asks if they've located CT-0409. The guard tells her not yet, but they will keep looking. And there is a look of concern on her face as she steps away from the window and exits her office. Great use of the window here, kind of like they did in Andor with uh, the reflection.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: At dusk, in one of the many industrial areas of Coruscant, Slip rides his speeder bike down a narrow uh, alleyway. Coming nose-to-nose with a street sweeper, he ducks the bike into a large doorway and lets it pass. Pardon me. The Rodian driver uh, of the sweeper barely even notices the clone, but Slip pulls his cap down anyway to obscure his face. Leaving the bike in the doorway, Slip walks down an alleyway, rounding a corner... He leans up against the wall, and he pulls out a comm link. Now the device chimes, and speaking into it, Slip radios that he's in some trouble. And he's heard that whoever is on the other end of the transmission can help to get him out. Slip adds that he doesn't have much time and to hurry. Then, tucking the comm link away, Slip hurries off on foot to who knows where. At the Imperial military headquarters, Senator Cucci and Admiral Rampart walk down a corridor together. It seems that Ryo has laid out her demands for an amended recruitment bill. As Rampart recounts, you expect the Empire to fund a new military and full pensions for millions of clone troopers? Coyly, Ryo says, if that's not manageable, perhaps now isn't the time for your recruitment bill. Arriving at Rampart's office, he says he wishes that was the case. But the rumors of rising threats and insurgency are more than just a rumor, and it's his priority to keep the galaxy safe. He adds that he does agree with her in that the the, uh, future of the clones does require further discussion and planning. Hmm. Taking a seat at his desk, he says they owe them that for their service. Such a feigned, you know, like... It's, there's a smugness there. You're like oh, yeah. as the viewer, you just want to like
1: Yes,
2: Marmy. <laughs> is it is this a good time to talk about it? Millions of
0: clones. Millions, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do I have a note. I don't know where i put it. Oh, yes, I've got a uh, hold on for one more slide, Hank. I've got a whole thing right okay. here. All right. All right. Um, taking a seat at the desk, he says that they owe them that for their service. Now, standing in front of the desk, Ryo uh, furrows her brow. Admiral Rampart asks if there's something troubling her. And squaring off against the Admiral, Ryo plays a big card when she brings up the storm that ravaged Camino, and she asks him how was it that he managed to survive? Feigning remorse, the Admiral sighs as he closes his eyes. He then tells the Senator that he was taking part in a training exercise off-world. Then, pumping his own tires, he says that had he had been present, then maybe more lives could have been saved. He then calls the whole thing a tragedy. What a jerk. (laughs) Approaching Rampart's desk, Ryo says that the majority of the Kaminoan population was lost, and that is beyond tragic. He acknowledges her words, but says that they must still move forward. Now, standing over him on uh, the other side of the desk, Ryo looks down at Rampart as she says, perhaps it's easier for some than others. The two lock eyes, and neither one looks away from the other, Then, bidding the Admiral, good day. Ryo rejoins her guard outside in the hallway, leaving Admiral Rampart to ponder the chess match they just played. Outside the Imperial Military Headquarters building, Ryo and her guard walk past the first battle memorial. Squads of clones march past uh, the opposite uh, in the opposite direction. Then another Pantoran guard rushes over to Ryo to tell her that she's received a secure communication. Staring at the guard, she asks, from who? Okay, so this is is a good point to talk about it. Because I said, Mm. um, I know that we were, at least for the purposes of our show, we were a little disappointed in how the wall was handled, that it was all gibberish. Mm. Yes. Uh, seeing it turn up again in this episode, I did put a little bit more thought into why they might have opted not to use the CT numbers. I had proposed earlier that it was a contrivance of the writers because if they used actual CT numbers, those are numbers that can't be used for existing clones for future stories. Um, and then doing the math, if you, if you use a, a four, cause basically all the clones yeah. we four number yeah four number designation, using uh, zero to nine that's only ten thousand possible combinations and the first battle of geonosis although there's no there's no canonical number given but it it, it does say clearly thousands of clones died on that battle sure
2: and then you gotta like we've all seen battles in the clone wars animated series where thousands of clones die again this is
0: it so and that
2: that war last three years so you call Geonosis one battle and right single other single battle we've seen and then you you know you look at the like Keep probably every Jedi took 10 clones before they fell yeah. kind of near yeah, yeah. 100 so we're, we're
0: now our, our numbers of dead are getting quite high even if and- you if you increase it to five digits that only takes it from 10,000 combinations to uh, 90,000 combinations and then you're talking. Rampart's talking about millions of millions, existing zones. Millions. And we of know clones. that we just we just bombed the newest batches. Whatever was at Camino when it went down, uh, you know, all the uh,
2: the embryos and all the and then all the trainees and then all the so the levels. Uh, presumably there there was younglings and still right. you know going through the ranks. Um, so it, you're right. Something in canon we don't have is a total number, but. We're getting way up there in the millions yeah. when yeah, we're talking yeah. like multiple
0: millions. Let, let me let me go off off topic for a second here because we talk about some of my favorite uh side characters in Star Wars have been the the purge troopers, the, the clone purge troopers. And the comics really established that they are some of the, the last, like they are post they are post order sixty-six. We're talking like those guys just left just before the city went down then. Yeah. Sure. Because by the time we get to uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, the f- the Phase Two Purge Trooper, uh, assume uh, I would assume our conscripts they're human. Yeah,
2: sure. I would. Interesting. I would, that's a pretty fair assumption. And we see that, um, the the homeless veteran. Uh, that's clone right. As yeah. Well, looking pretty yeah. aged, and you, you you think okay, so if say the clones are human. Yeah, mandalorian yeah. clones that That's they right, yeah. track on the same timeline as we do relatively living you know 70 to 80 years maybe maybe yeah. a little bit you know um older than that uh maybe a little bit younger but then you 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 divide that in two and you go there are no clones alive circa rise of skywalker it's, it's a it's right. a right timeline physical impossibility unless like you say and we'll get into true, that though. soon right they're but making what? more
0: <laughs> i mean the emperor did bag himself a kaminoan cloner at the end of uh season one and yeah. that we saw How many sure sure grab? well yeah, I, mean, I mean we like got to assume
2: knowing what we know that that's basically to 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 jumpstart what we know of to course. happen on Exit first. The, the, the but like I said in the chat, and all they, that other stuff. the comics spell out implicitly that the DNA doesn't come from Grogu, that it comes from Luke's severed hand to grow that snow. Interesting.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. We also know uh, just by having the character of Dr. Pershing, who is clearly human, that, th- that the Kaminoan cloning technology to some degree has survived into and beyond uh, into the 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 post uh, or the new Republic era, as it were.
2: Right. Right. So,
0: uh I definitely at that feel point you're like, talking about
2: approximately twenty years. Twenty. Yeah. I guess yeah. twenty-five years. You know that. And at that point, even if we see Rex in the Mandalorian or the Ahsoka show,
0: he's going to be quite yeah. old, uh, as he should be. Yeah. Um. With you know modern Star Wars, uh. Obi-Wan is one of them, and I feel like that last uh, last episode of season one and now this two-parter really do put us on a collision course with other properties like The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which, as we said before, these shows uh, that take place post-films uh, are going to recontextualize and add more depth to the sequels the same way that Clone Wars did for the prequels, and I feel like that is definitely tracking. Yeah,
2: it it occurs to me, too, that like, you know, while Boba doesn't have any attachment to the clones per se, he's seriously got a strong attachment to his father. And then maybe for sure he does. Yeah. Upon hearing the fact that clones are being decommissioned or there's a clone revolt would that, would that draw him out in in, in what what would be the, Uh, you know, the newest, the newest incarnation for him?
0: I was kind of saving it for. I don't know. Do I have it here? Uh, I was saving. Did you guys see the uh, Empire magazine covers that just came sure out? Sure, So the subscriber, the subscriber exclusive uh, cover, is a hollow image of several uh, clone, uh, uh, sorry, Mandalorian helmets, and very mm-hmm. clearly, one of them is Boba Fett's helmet. So yes. I mean, Boba is going to be involved in whatever is about to happen at Mandalore. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see.
1: You got if to figure and like, survive that far. From Clone Wars to Empire, he was yeah. pretty much on his own, right? Like it was self-preservation above uh, yeah, anything yeah. else. I mean, he, he had, had his, his little his crew. Yeah, so right, he had yeah. his crew
0: that kind of trained him.
1: Yeah, but yeah. like from a perspective of you know me first, I'm going to cut you out if I'm going to survive.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I buy that.
1: The Mandalorian, where it's like, okay,
0: he's now rethought his Tusken life.
1: Raiders have helped me out. That's give me right. A bit of a tribe and a family. Yeah. Maybe it's not so bad.
0: Time to rethink my life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't see him stepping in on behalf of the clones
0: anytime soon. Do you see? I mean, I don't want to go too far into Mandalorian territory, but I mean, he is a contender for the Mandalore. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless he wants to live his life in Jabba's palace and just be a crime boss, and that's fine too because we (laughs) act all right let's move on shall we okay well later that night senator chuchi and one of her guards take a land speeder and they drive it several blocks away from the rotunda as they get out of their speeder a blue astromech droid trundles over to them beeping and chirping a message for the senator she orders her guard to wait at the intersection while she, uh, while she follows the little droid down a softly lit alleyway. At the other end of the alley, Bail Organa steps out and greets her. He orders the astromech, R2C4, to keep an eye out, and the droid rolls away. Now alone, Bail says to Ryo uh, that Ryo caused quite a stir during the session the day before. Her reply is less of an answer and more of a counterattack. She asserts how curious it's become when speaking up for what's right is considered causing a stir. She goes on to add, unlike inaction, apathy, or ignorance. (laughs) Ooh, burn! (laughs) Bale says he heard that uh, she had a meeting with Rampart and asks if it was productive. She says it was. And calls it surprising that there wasn't more pushback and that Rampart actually conceded to many of the requests that she made for the clones. Bail tells her that the admiral is skilled at saying all the right things, especially when he doesn't want anyone looking deeper. And Ryo agrees with him, saying that's what she's heard as well. But Bail says there's more. He says the issue of clone rights is just one part of a much bigger picture, and he tells her that the insurgencies that have risen up are growing, and that has the emperor afraid if more systems begin to revolt like they did under the republic that would threaten his new empire bale adds it seems rather convenient that a catastrophic storm destroyed the cloning facilities on camino when the entirety of Topoka city was designed to be submersible and had weathered thousands of storms over the years Ryo tells Bale that she spoke with a clone who told her that Rampart had given an order to attack the cities on Camino. Bale asks if the clone had offered any proof, and Ryo tells him what Slip had previously told her, that he was assigned to the ship that opened fire. Then it strikes her. If they could get Slip to testify, Bale cuts her off, asking where is the clone now? When she tells him that uh, Slip is in hiding and that she's looking for him, Bale tells her to be careful. Because she might not be, uh, she might not be the only one looking for him. All right, let's take a minute here and, and uh, let's go down the rabbit hole. Uh, follow me through this, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, you brought this to my attention. Yeah, uh, it's uh, there's an it's issue a twist
1: in the next episode.
0: There's a is it an I don't know. what is it do we call it an issue? Do we call it a a, a consistency? consistency thing? It, so that's the question. Is it or isn't it? Yeah. All right. Follow me through this, if you will, folks. There are three, three canonical references to R2C4. The first of those comes from R2C4, who was present at the Battle of Naboo and was part of the Royal Naboo Security Forces. Uh, clearly, that droid is white with gold accents. hmm. Then we meet R2C4 in this episode of The Bad Batch, who is working for Bail Organa, and he is clearly blue with silver accents. And we get yet another Resistance reference, as R2C4 was the R2 Astromech that was assigned to uh, Kaz Ziono. In fact, he's the first character you ever see in the first episode of Star Wars Resistance. Um, that droid's been around like I'm there is nothing and this is this is my position on it there is nothing in any of the the canon entries if you're using the the wikipedia to research this stuff there is nothing that contradicts the idea that this is the same droid all the way through all the way through I'm not saying it is but I'm not saying it isn't either um, mm. I've included shots of uh, C-3PO and Chopper, by the way, just for reference to to say that there is a precedence for droids uh, changing colors uh, in Star Wars. True. Yeah, I mean that was the, I, I
2: I brought that up in the chat with Chopper, especially he's yeah. got several incarnations of paint jobs. Uh, at that, least
0: three. At right. least
2: three. Um, and so it. I don't think it's an inconsistency. I think it's I think it's uh destroyed through time. What what I do find interesting is he's on the like almost identical path as as um R2D2. R2D2. Yeah. Like <laughs> R2D2 found himself in the service Seriously. of all three groups uh in the exact same way. Um right. almost, you know,
0: from the um, from the the from Naboo from the 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 royal uh service. Right. into the rebellion, the rebellion to to directly the under Bale Organa, in fact, yeah, like yeah, yeah.
2: and into the resistance, uh, you know, adjacent to Poe Dameron if you will. Tr- so, trying to
0: to to weave the the thread here, like um uh, there's there's a mention in the uh, in the in the prequel era stuff that he was on uh, on the royal ship. Um, and then they but we don't see him when all the droids deploy, we don't see him. So where he no. was, I don't know. But he's no. definitely present in the hangar uh, and presumably uh, gets popped into an N1 starfighter, one that makes it back, mm-hmm. trying to to figure out how he landed with Bail Organa. Andy, you would conceive that maybe during the funeral, like maybe a gift or something.
1: Yeah. Or like he just popped into the, you know, Royal Navy surplus and I'll take <laughs> these three droids. Let's go. <laughs>
0: I got the
2: oddest impression. They never lay it out implicitly, but I get the oddest impression that some of the cousins, sure, from the Obi Wan episode uh, where Leia meets her cousins, oh right, were of N- Naboo descent. Like they dressed very, very similarly. Oh, that's entirely possible.
0: That's you
1: know, that like the royal totally houses possible. are
2: linked. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: uh, and if if uh, you follow, is sure
2: king of of Alderaan, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Essentially, right? yeah, <laughs> essentially. And if you yeah. follow
1: their the cousins uh, take on droids, you know, it would be nothing for them to like, you know, here take one. Here you go. Doesn't matter
0: to me, take it. Um mm. Kazuda Ziono, his father was a senator in the New Republic. Mm. Right. In fact, Kaz in the first episode is actually an X-Wing pilot for the New Republic. Mm. When the resistance is uh, is now a separate organ is a splinter, a splinter group. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I, I think it could be. You know, I'm not going to definitively say it is, but I certainly yeah. think it definitely it's likely. It could be. It yeah. could be the same droid. Hmm. Um, it's likely. I, it
2: they they last forever if they're well maintained. They really uh, we see do, them. Yeah. We see R2 last generations.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, uh, Did you have a different take, Andy?
1: No.
0: No. Okay.
2: No. I mean, I I think it's likely, especially when there's no sort of, we never see an instant. Uh, an instance of this character dying in any of the iterations no or else that we could say okay it's just a, a renaming convention because sure. i also went down the rabbit hole with <laughs> like you did with the clones. <laughs> how many r2s how are many there? how many letter combinations are there how many <laughs> r2s are there like how many are actually named in canon novels right and
0: right, right. so i went down that crazy well, you, rabbit you hole. brought up another interesting thing and, and i i kind of put this to the to the audience too like the term because there was this discussion about like, what is the more specific term R2 versus astromech?
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: astromech is the, is the more broad term that R2 is a very specific model of. Right.
2: But then I pointed out that Luke misidentifies an R5 as an R2, meaning that they're like
0: maybe more common and maybe speaks to his lack of knowledge on models or. But I, I figured that's that's, you know, 19 years of of farm boy in a backwater world just doesn't, you know, consider that, you know, with the prequels that that retcons R2D2's age makes him at least 30 years older than we think he is. Yeah, right. And I mean, yeah, a no, 19 year old kid today might not recognize a 1940 something car. You would just no. say it's a Ford. But, but,
2: but, but would like, he call it a Ford or would he call it like this old car? Like, I don't he, know, you know. Maybe, like, so, it, it would make say. sense to R2 me R2. that astromech is the more colloquial version of an R2 unit.
0: Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even, but they, they do kind of make up for that in the, in the prequel trilogy because Kitster the, st- Kitster spots R2 and he's like an astro droid.
2: Right. Right. So
0: kind of full circle moment, I guess. All right. Well, that was our, <laughs> that was our deep dive on uh, R2C. <laughs> Several rabbit holes. Yeah, let's know what you guys think.
1: Well, that's the one thing we've never seen is the R2 factory.
0: No, we haven't. we
1: no. we've seen the Battle Droid factory.
0: We
2: did,
1: yeah. So, maybe someday. But
2: there I mean, it, if you look at the uh, the West End games like they the these models are manufactured by companies like
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Industrial <inaudible> All made by the same. Yeah. Yeah. All right. At the Imperial Military Headquarters, Admiral Rampart sits alone uh, in his office in the dark. He activates a hollow projector and an image of Cade's assassin appears. In reference to Slip, Rampart asks the masked figure if he's located the clone. And the electronically masked voice of the assassin answers, not yet. But also that Senator Chuchi's guards are looking for him. Rampart tells the assassin to follow the senator, and if she finds the clone, to handle it. Clarifying, the assassin asks the senator as well and coldly rampart tells him yes and to make sure that it can't lead back to him the masked man nods as he says understood and then he turns and walks away as the image fades out leaving rampart alone in the dark again looking a little bit like racco Hardine. i got that same similar vibe i yeah. kind of wanted to do an armor comparison but i didn't get to it all right. Somewhere in the industrial sector, Slip moves cautiously from uh, between alleys. Pulling out his uh, comlink. he radios that he's at the rendezvous before frantically asking, Where are you? There's static on the channel, but the voice from the other end, which is clearly another clone, says he's en route and hang tight. Slip wipes the sweat from his brow, then draws a blaster as he hears the clattering of metal nearby. Leveling his weapon at the corner from where the noise came from, slip backs away several feet. Then one of Senator Chucci's guards steps out with his hands raised over his head. He gestures and Ryo steps out and joins him. At the sight of the senator, he asks, What are you doing here? She tells him that she believes what he told her about Admiral Rampart, and she wants to help. She wants his help. But nervously, Slip stammers, No, 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 no. I'm leaving once he gets here. Ryo asks him who it is, but Slip will say that it's someone who can make him disappear where the Empire can't find him. He then uh, asks, how did she find him? Then in a panic, he says, were you followed? If you can get to me, so can they. Ryo tries to uh, calm him, saying that she can protect him, but the Senate needs to hear what he has to say. With his paranoia growing, Slip says, you're not listening to me. They already killed Cade. My life is in danger. Yours will be too. Slip tells her that she has to go, and then rushes off to get away from her. Chasing him down another alley, she calls for Slip to wait, then runs around, stopping in front of him. She tells him that the attack on Camino didn't just affect the cloning facilities. Rampart wiped out entire cities. Not saying a word, Slip moves around her again, intent to keep moving, but the Senator catches up with him again and blocks his way. I almost feel like there's a part of me. That's like, she's responsible for this guy's death. A little bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was seriously worried about her in this scene.
1: Wow. I was
2: like, Oh no, <laughs> yeah, Oh no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh They're going to kill her.
0: Well, she's laying it on like, Oh,
1: you know, they wiped out entire cities.
0: He knows he was there. I know. Yeah. 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 She tells him uh, those who perished, including the clones who died, trying to tell the truth, deserve justice. Slip thinks about it for a second and then motions for her to follow him. Through the scope of his rifle, Rampart's assassin watches as Slip and the senator creep down another alley. Get a good shot of the uh, that mask. It's pretty cool looking, actually. Mm. Yeah. Raya whispers to Slip, testify in front of the Senate. Rampart must be held accountable. Slip turns to face her while one of the senator's guards catches up with them. The guard leans in and insists that the area is not secure, and he tells her they have to leave. Slip tells the senator that her guard is right, and she doesn't need him anyway. Moving around her, Slip tells Ryo that the evidence that she needs is still aboard Rampart's ship. All she needs to do is check the ship's bridge command log because he saved a backup to the central system. Suddenly, a blaster bolt explodes in a shower of sparks as it hits Slip in the back. The clone falls, and Ryo's guards draw their weapons as they shove her towards cover. From his uh, position, the assassin lines up one of the senator's guards and then drops him as well. Ryo is genuinely shocked at the sight of the man laying dead. The second guard, having spotted the assassin on a nearby tower, shoves Ryo against a wall before moving off to engage with his pistol, but the sniper lays down some suppressing fire, forcing the guard back. Clasping Ryo by her shoulder, the guard tells her they have to go. Taking the lead, he tells her, go on three. Kind of a lethal weapon kind of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the same time, the assassin, who's still in the tower, has them pretty much dead to rights. All he needs to do is wait for either of them to move, and he will have a clear shot. Holding up three fingers, Ryo's guard begins a countdown. At one he rushes out and snaps off three quick shots to suppress the sniper so he and Ryle can move to their next place of cover. One of the blasts hits the scaffolding that the assassin was leaning on to steady his rifle, and it's enough to make him recoil from the edge of the tower, but he's quick to take aim again. Fortunately for the senator and her guard, they were fast enough to move out of his line of sight. The senator and her guard run for their lives down the alleyway. Coming to a door, both Ryo and her guard pry at it to get it open. And uh, with his back against one of the doors, Ryo's guard uses his leg to push against the other. The assassin has now moved to the other side of the tower where he can clearly see both of them. And he fires another round, striking Ryo's guard in the shoulder. Fortunately, the wound isn't too serious and he's able to push Senator Chuchi through the door and then lets it shut behind them from the top of the tower the assassin watches as his quarry enters the building so fixing a grapple attachment to his rifle the assassin fires a zip line connecting the tower to the building below inside the building ryo's guard quickly ushers her down a catwalk between several large pipes really kind of felt like the uh, sequence in andor little when he was mm-hmm. going to meet Luthen. yeah Then, at the sound of breaking glass, the two hold up as the guard draws his pistol and looks around. Moving forward, a blaster bolt explodes against a pipe right in front of Ryo. Steam begins to belch out from the pipe while the guard returns fire blindly into the upper levels of the building. Then the two are off running again as a steady uh, stream of incoming blaster fire tracks them as they run. Tucking in behind uh, some crates, The guard spots another door at the other end of the building. Meanwhile, the steam is getting thicker, making it hard to see, which is good when someone is trying to shoot you, but not so good when you're trying to shoot someone else. The guard tells Ryo that he'll draw the assassin out and instructs her to go for the door and get to their speeder, adding, I'll be right behind you. And then he runs back towards uh, the way that they came from. Um, Very famous last words, kind of like, uh, all the president's men kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very secret service-like to me. For sure. Anyway, I salute you, Pantoran guard. Mm-hmm. No, he knew, he knew he wasn't getting out of this. Yes. Agreed. Ryo runs past the machinery, then stops uh, to look back at the sound of blaster fire and her guard now screaming. Then two blasts hit some pipes right beside her and she bolts for the door. When she gets there, the door is stuck shut, and no matter how hard she bangs on it, it doesn't open. Spotting a mangled, twisted-up staircase, Ryo climbs her way up to an overhead catwalk. More blaster fire erupts against the stairs as she climbs them. The steam is now very thick, and Ryo can barely see just a few feet in front of her. And when an armed, shadowy figure begins to emerge from the steam, she tries to back away but ends up tripping and falling. Now, scrambling on her back to get away, she watches in terror as the figure gets closer. Wide-eyed, she stares as the hooded man raises a blaster pistol and begins firing. Raya winces as she waits for the end. But when she realizes that she isn't the target, she looks behind her, only to see the armored assassin take two stun blasts to the chest and falls unconscious. The hooded figure steps out from the steam cloud and walks past her to look at the fallen assassin and stops to face the senator. He lowers his hood, and it's Captain Rex. Ryo asks him, what he, what's going on? And he tells her uh, that he's, uh, he says he hoped that she could tell him. Continuing, Rex says that he came to meet a clone contact of his, but then he heard the blaster fire. Ryo then puts it together that Rex is who Slip was supposed to meet. She tells him that Slip and her guards are all dead. Rex asks her what happens and or what happened and she tells him how Slip told her about what really happened on Camino. She adds that she wanted Slip to testify, but kneeling down by the unconscious assassin, Rex says well, someone didn't want that to happen. Triggering a button on the assassin's helmet, the visor pops off revealing that the assassin is in fact a clone. Ryle calls him a trooper, but Rex says he isn't. He's not sure what he is, but he suggests that they question him somewhere more hidden and he knows just the place.
2: Oh. So just quickly. I called up a little raco Hardeen there.
0: Oh yeah. And I it's, guess
2: our memories were a little poor. It, it, it looks really nothing like it. The helmet
0: does not know.
2: <laughs> not at all. No. It's that proto. I always uh, forget that he's actually a Mandalorian from Cronkord.
0: Yeah. 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 The, the proto, uh, the proto Boba armor. Right. at a familiar opening into the Coruscant underlevels we see a small shuttle descend through heavy traffic then we see another familiar location as the camera focuses on the platform of a small repair shop on level 1313 inside the empty shop Rex secures the assassin to some shelving Ryo asks where are we and Rex tells her that a couple friends of his own the shop and they'll be gone for a bit. Ha-ha! Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a nice little reference to the uh, the Martez uh, sisters. Mm. Regaining consciousness, the assassin locks eyes with Rex, and uh, Rex asks if he has a name. The assassin glowers at him, then turns away. Rex notes that the clone isn't wearing anything that makes him identifiable, so he asks him who he's working for. The assassin doesn't answer, so Rex tries another angle. Tell me whose orders you are following, and I'll let you go. Looking up at him, the clone answers in a sinister voice. No, you won't, Captain Rex. The assassin continues, You're fighting the wrong battle, brother. You're limited. Rex asks him, So what does that make you? The assassin doesn't answer right away. He just stares at Rex, unblinking, and then finally says, A believer. Then the assassin bites down, triggering triggering some form of suicide device, kind of like the the cyanide tooth, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. and electricity courses through his head. The discharge is over very quickly, and the clone slumps forward quite dead. Ryo looks on aghast while Rex checks the man's vitals. Looking back at the senator, he just shakes his head. There's nothing to be done for him now. Cut to black crazy um the electricity thing i mean uh, that's that's nothing yeah. new. We've, we've seen that imagery before but we've still seen nice. that
2: very thing in the mandalorian we have the yeah. officer on the uh, gazanti
0: oh that's right yeah still nice to go back and revisit and sort of see the 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 lineage there yeah uh i mean vader obviously in uh, return of mm-hmm. the jedi and uh mace windu uh, at the hands of the yeah, emperor yeah.
2: Luke funny even, how I, in that very scene with Vader, actually, yeah, Luke, yeah, yeah, his parts of his skeleton light up like that too.
0: It's funny how I as, cool. uh, associate that transparency with Force lightning, but apparently <laughs> it's all lightning in Star Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, um that's our episode. But I, there's some more discussion to be had here because now this is something that we we kind of talked about a bit uh, offline, but I, I want to have this conversation uh, for the sake of the audience. A believer. Um, a believer in what?
2: Mm. Well, I—I I mean, I spelled it out pretty clearly. My opinion in the chat. Sure. I believe it's—I believe it's believe in the empire, and it's—it uh, it tracks with the that again the Mandalorian episode called the Believer, right? And I think we sort of covered what that meant in that context, and I think that this context isn't very different from it you you did have an interesting point I, I bet you're about to launch into it so i'm it's, gonna it's i'm gonna lay new. it out
0: so sometimes i you know I uh, i've been known i think of the three of us i'm the one that likes to swing i like to make the big swing for the like the crazy the crazy theory and i got one all right i got one it's probably not going to play out but hey never know um as we've already alluded to all star Wars media, uh, not all, but a, g- a good portion of star Wars media is, is ramrodding towards the events of the sequels. And there's a, there's a big detail that is still kind of it's in the effluence. Really? We don't really know a whole lot about it, but when he says he's a believer, I I like my mind kind of went to this crazy place where it's like, is this guy an early, like really, really early, sith eternal cultist
1: maybe i
2: don't I mean, know that's a, it's a really cool thought um i always I, I harp on this a lot like every second episode this is like my mantra but check out the comics because there's a ton a ton of extra information that doesn't make it into the sort of yeah. mainstream canon if you will about exegol about right. that cloning process going on right, there right, about right you know, they even they even explain why the eye of the Webbish Bog is cut out of the even though they filmed Kylo Ren fighting this thing, Vader kills it. Oh wow! Uh, well before Kylo Ren ever gets there, they like they they write themselves a version of why it's been cut from right, that movie. Right. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, there's like a hyperspace creature that that the reason they have to jump through all those different wormholes to get there. There's like a hyperspace creature and unbeknownst to the characters that travel there in rise of skywalker vader also kills that oh, making wow. it like a, right, a free right. clear surge um he also has visions of all these sith eternal surrounding him all wielding lightsabers really red lightsabers isn't that something uh, suggesting to me that that those crowds of minions were dark like all uh, dark users of something. yeah yeah
0: yeah well that's interesting
2: Uh, but but i mean not not under the realm out of the realm of uh possibilities we 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 know that the empire has secured a cloner uh yeah and we know that the first sort of batch have degraded from the original dna that's Um,
0: the big uh the big um unknown is that oh yeah the 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 Django's original DNA is, is degraded to the point where it will soon be unusable. Right. And which is why that, that suddenly like if
2: Palpatine finds out that Omega is that. That's a fresh source. You know, it, what's it's interesting to me that if, if Boba is known to be that, that they just right? like hire well, him yeah. to do jobs. <laughs> hey, and then I just pay you for show. a blood sample. Rather. Right. <laughs> like, or even yeah exactly would you like to make a new badge of clones what are you, yeah, what, are you really, what are you doing later would you like to be the father uh, now
0: <laughs> the son becomes the father
2: uh, kind of thing yeah, i think yeah. that the the greater mystery in this last little scene is the fact that oh no that's next episode never mind actually nearly
0: <laughs> <laughs> spoiler. never mind but yeah
2: there, that one. it man. is from a different scene but yeah there is a there is a greater mystery that surrounds the idea of this clone
0: the assassin. Thing. I agree. There is definitely something going on here. That that spark we had a whole conversation about the like how does Rex just looking at this guy know he's not a trooper? How does he know that? You know, I mean it's kind of like one of those contrivances where like for the viewer, it's their way of saying, Oh, he's not a clone trooper, he's something else. But and, and does that stray into the like, sort
2: of walrus man? Yes. Uh, okay, to, so that's kind of funny. Do all do <laughs> could do clones recognize
0: each other as individuals? I, yeah. Beyond the naming conventions. Well, then the, the like, naming and letter the, the the or the naming, the names that they give each other, slip, right. Paid, the nicknames, uh, rex, right. all that stuff, yeah. The CT designation we, and we had a, a lengthy conversation about this. It's not like it's tattooed on their bodies or is no, it? if it is, we've yeah. never seen it. True. And I, again,
2: I don't want to spoil anything, but next episode tech makes a comment that makes me go. It's not just a
0: tattoo on their bodies. It's something, right. intrinsic it's something, yeah. DNA. you know, I, I often, I just equate it. And this is just me. Like for simplicity's sake, I'd always equated it to, and I think I said it, it's like your driver's license number it's there it's on your license you know you have one but unless you look at it you don't know what it is right well maybe some people do but most of us probably wouldn't and i feel it's the same thing like the clones sure i know i know my i know my own designation but i don't have a way of recognizing another guy's designation
2: no and i mean being a clone would you be able to go sit down at a dinner table with 50 guys and go, don't oh, know. those are all different
0: 50, 50 different guys in my eyes. It's you know like, what we need? What we hmm. need is a set of uh, like triplets or something to, to have that conversation because I feel it's, it's like, wow, that. that's a great thought. You know that's what I mean? Like twins, idea. siblings who are, you know, uh, are, you know, twins or, or who were born at the same time. They probably have an interesting take on how that would work because I, I bet the answer is Yes. That each clone would be able to distinguish who the others are, certainly within their own batches, maybe not in the broader sense, but possibly. Who knows?
1: Well, we do know that they have like organic chips in their head. So, would yeah. it be much of a stretch to say, put like an organic ID tag?
0: That's the, and I was thinking about that too. Like, that is certainly a like, possibility.
1: You know, cybernetic integration is nothing new in the game no
0: it's not no well, and
2: totally we'll get not. we'll get into this again in the next episode but yeah right. i mean we see the origin of the chain code yeah we and do are they modeling that off of something that the clones already had in this, maybe maybe like some kind of like camino stand like a, you know what i mean like a like a what's that in blade runner when they boop, 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 they, they zoom right. in on the the the, the cell and it. the cell has a serial number.
0: Oh, this was right, right on it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. All right. Any more for any more before we wrap this one up? Oh, man, no. we'll be back in a couple hours. That's right. So, uh,
1: I, I do like, though, the fact that, like, we've been talking for a while now. Yeah. How that, you know, one end of the Senate is looking at the clones like military assets. Yep. And this episode cements that. It says it outright.
0: Yeah, that the the like
1: half of the Senate in general is looking yeah. at them like, yeah, they're just
2: well, know. and it, it, it's a little bit like even like Chuchi even says they're not droids. Yeah, right. But they were, but I mean, well, we're getting into droids' rights there too. We yeah. like, yeah, we really are. Hairs because the the whole the whole truly horrible thing is that the clones are treated like droids, and the droids are treated like fodder. And you know, yeah, it it really does get deep.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, absolutely. And I mean, that's all part of why, you know, part of what's leading towards this uh, 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 supposed, what seems to be some form of clone revolt uh, or clone uprising. Yeah, yeah, based on a
2: legal decision to have them decommissioned, you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, He spells it out to her. We can't afford to feed them. I mean, it's like a bill that pays them for their service
1: we saw what they yeah. did to uh,
0: decommission droids droids are an easy one yeah, though you just it. shut them off and dump them in a smelter so i mean but i mean if you start
2: hunting <laughs> trained yeah. trained military guys like they were
0: that have a survival Jedi. instinct
2: like but you see i mean what next episode <laughs> We got right. a, a lot <laughs> happens that recontextualizes what we've just seen actually yeah.
0: Listen, guys, uh, for those of you who popped in and out of the live stream, thanks for hanging out with us on your Sunday afternoon. Um, otherwise, I hope you uh, enjoyed this in the replay. Do come back tonight. We're coming back at, at, at 6 p.m. Eastern where we're going to cover uh, episode number eight, uh, Truth and Consequences. So um, until then, guys, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. For Phantom Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. And I'm Hank. All right, everybody. See you in a bit. woo
2: Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.